All right, everybody, welcome to episode Ocho, episode number eight of uh, Positively Charged Wrestling. Uh, by now, you should know who we are. So uh, let's just dive into it. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, my good buddy Josh. I guess. Uh, how you doing this week, man? Ah, doing good. Doing good. A lot of a lot of wrestling goodness going on this week. There is. There is. Um, not a lot of uh, AEW news. Not a lot, but what there is is some uh, some big stuff. Um, October second, they're they're debuting on TNT. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? Ah, ready for it. Uh, wasn't expecting the two hour time slot. I, I was expecting an hour, but that's some more um, wrestling to watch, and sounds good to me. Yeah, that uh, and supposedly they are. Uh, they're going to be at a, a 20,000 seat arena in Washington for this debut show, the, the MCI center. It's I'm fairly certain I, I might be wrong on this, but I'm thinking it's the same arena that uh, Starcade 97 was at. I think so. Um, so yeah, that that's huge. Now, obviously I don't know if they will choose to try and fill that arena or they'll set it up to work. 10,000, 12,000, but uh, either way, that's that's a, coming out of the gate swinging with that arena and a two-hour time slot. True. So, um, yeah, that's, that's some big stuff. Uh, and supposedly, uh, kind of shifting gears to WWE, we've got a, a Smackville special <laughs> on the uh, – uh, on the network tonight, and this is something you and I had kind of text back and forth about trying to go to. Obviously, we're not, and I kind of regret not going now. Me too. <laughs> uh, but, but but hindsight's twenty twenty. But supposedly, this is a test to have last minute counter programming to AEW. That's the rumor and innuendo that's floating around out there that they're kind of testing short notice programming to, to counter them. What? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that. That's kind of cool, but kind of a head scratcher. <laughs> like I, I don't fully know what the, I know what it means, but I'm like, well, why couldn't you plan sooner? I'm, I'm not sure. True. True. N- not sure how to take that, but, um, well, um, I, I see what you're saying there and everything. Uh, this is kind of kind of off to, off topic a little bit, but on a similar topic, I, I kind of like the idea of them. I guess it's not really a house show anymore since they're playing it for the network. But but being they have the network, I kind of it's kind of funny that they've not done something like this before. You know, just randomly been like, "Hey, tune yeah. in, we're going to have a special live show," just randomly, you know, and maybe we'll get more of that. Yeah, they, yeah, uh, I think they did. Uh, what was it? A Starcade. Um, uh, uh, they've done a couple of these. Yeah, uh, they they done a Starcade special, but uh, and I was reading earlier today that they're discussing a big title change at this, like possibly either Charlotte or Samoa Joe. Uh-huh. Uh, so I don't know if they're purposely floating that rumor out there to get people to watch, but. I'm going to try to watch it. Uh, I, I am. I mean, if if not live, then after the fact. Um, so uh, we got that going on. That should be fun. I, I don't think we need to go over match predictions, but uh, certainly if anybody gets a chance, I think it's worth a watch. I'm hoping this is a, a test run to maybe get Nashville a pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, but let, let's dive into the uh, the week that was here. Um, we had Raw Reunion. I know you and I were kind of going back and forth a little bit throughout the show. I thought it was better than uh, Raw 25. I guess that was the last big, big thing. Um, yeah. The, the SmackDown show last year was on a little bit of a smaller scale. But uh, I, I thought this was good. There's been some complaints as always, uh, <laughs> we we won't bury the product, but I will thoroughly bury the complainers on exactly. Um, <laughs> that that is the one thing we will bury on this show. Uh, 
but there, there's been a lot of complaints and, and I knew going in kind of what to expect. I'm, I'm slightly disappointed that we didn't get a using these legends to, to set up a big angle. But overall, I thought it was a fun show. What did you, what yeah, did you think? Good. Uh, I mean, anytime you can get the legends on there just to do a little bit, you know, uh, you know, you're going to have your storyline with the newer guys, but, and your little nostalgia fun segments with the legends, but it would have been nice to kind of do a little storyline building with one, one or two of the legends, but I thought it was a pretty good show. Uh, definitely better than raw 25. Yeah. And I guess the only tie in we got was the 24 seven title. Um, so I guess that was their quasi storyline building there. I'm not sure. Uh, Dave, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder how much how much legs that actually has. If it is going to be revolving around Drake and Truth, I'm wondering. It's still good. Don't get me wrong, but how long is that going to go? So, so who knows? eventually we're going to have somebody new brought into this. Uh, it was kind of cool because it definitely had a hardcore title feel. You know, like the 90, 99, 2000, whatever it was. Uh, so yeah. I, I kind of like that. Um, they're like a WrestleMania where like eight or nine people won the hardcore title. Or... I I think so. I, I think so. Um, I guess the biggest, the, the two biggest things that really stood out to me was uh, the Bray Wyatt attacking Foley. I, I kind of had a feeling that's where that was going when Foley's just kind of randomly out there like, hey, remember when I won the title? It was just kind of a thrown in there true, segment. True. Um, but I, I thought it was cool. And the mandible claw, I'm honestly hoping that uh, Bray continues to use that. That was a nice touch. Uh, and while we're on the topic of Bray, we'll, we'll just kind of go ahead and talk about this. I loved, absolutely loved that. He swapped back to the Mr. Rogers Bray on SmackDown and accepted Finn's challenge. True. Sure, because sure. it seems like we're going to get a um, split personality almost. That's that. And I, I was going to say that, that's what it looks like to me. And, and I really love the, the dual personality thing going on with him. Yeah. Uh, that's, that could be. That could be very interesting. I think I get the feeling that's where they wanted to go a couple years ago with with Bray and then introducing Sister Abigail. But I think this is a way better, more thought out true, version. True. Um, and then the other thing that stood out on the Raw reunion was obviously Austin's segment. Uh, because I'm 99% sure there was no script. He, <laughs> I'm not sure if he was indulging in some beer beforehand. There's a lot of rumors online that kind of sounded that he people said he sounded a little <laughs> tipsy. I'm not sure, wouldn't surprise no, me. No. Uh, but I, I thought that was a well done segment for what it was. Um, He's still got it, and I think he's 53, 54. He looks like he could still yeah, go. <laughs> um, a quick side note, spe- uh, speaking of uh, the beer, there was uh, – I was reading that there was a spike in orders of his, uh, of his beer after Monday night. Apparently, that was a tremendous exposure for, uh, for his branded beer, so – Cool, cool little side That's note awesome. there. Um, what uh, was there anything else that uh, stood out on the Raw reunion before we kind of hit up SmackDown? Uh, well, let's see. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention: uh, we got Cedric, Cedric mm-hmm. and Drew continuing their mini feud. Mm-hmm. Uh, no appearance yes. of Taker yet, which is kind of odd, being that it was Raw reunion. But maybe they saved him because there were already legends and stuff going on. I don't know. And uh, I mean, what did? What did you think of the Amabala slam on the on the side of the ring? I like that. I, I really like that. Um, Drew, he's he, he does the mean streak so well. Uh, 
and I've noticed over the past couple years, especially, you know, they've really not just WWE, but uh, a lot of organizations. The, the the side of the ring spot has really started taking a life of its own because it is the hardest part of the ring. So, you know, it's it's a believable spot. Um, and, and when done properly like it was Monday night, I, I think it really gets things over pretty well. Um, no, I, I, I did. I, I dug it. Uh, I, I like what they're doing with Drew. I'm hoping they start distancing him from Shane and company. Uh, <laughs> not the jeweler, <laughs> but uh, but that was unintentional. But we're going to roll that with it. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I'm I'm digging it. So uh, was uh, anything else? Let's see. Kind of going over my notes here. Um, um nothing really major. Uh, we saw Strowman uh, going up against the local guy, and you know, I, I, I got his name wrote down somewhere. Um, Joe B U H R. How would you pronounce that? Burr. Joe Burr. Okay, I'm just playing. Hmm. Just playing. I'm sorry, that was a bad joke. <laughs> uh, supposedly. Supposedly, there yet again, rumor and innuendo was that was a shot at AEW because he was kind of dressed similarly to Darby uh-huh. Allen, uh, and he was also they kind of referenced uh, Randy Rhodes, who's obviously the guitarist for Ozzy Osbourne, but that was supposed to be a little wink and a nudge to Brandy Rhodes and the. I don't know if I buy all that, but it okay. It, it kind of adds up, but I, I'm not going to put all my stock in that. But that was one of the rumors floating around out there. So yeah, who knows? Could be. Uh, seems a little reaching, but I, they've done some yeah. odd stuff like that before. So yeah. Uh, SmackDown. SmackDown was a good show. I absolutely loved loved New Day on oh, commentary. Um, I was hoping they would just stay out there the entire show, but uh, I, I get it. Um, we got our wish. Kofi and Randy kind of referenced their history, so I, I marked out a little bit there. So that, yeah that that was a big plus. We got Sean calling uh, Ziggler a knockoff HBK. Um, that was that was random. I'm not sure what to make of all that. <laughs> I, I kind of marked out a little bit to that one too. <laughs> it, it was it was a good segment, but I'm just like kind hmm, kind of random. How cool was uh, Miz's uh, reaction though? I think Miz was like after the um, the Sean and Dolph back and forth. Miz coming off with like you know mm-hmm. the whole what uh, should have been you should have been you just do something already in this business you make it you yeah I, I thought that was gold that was great Miz. Over the past 10 years, I mean, he, he's a steady Eddie kind of guy. I mean, he's, in my book, he's a Hall of Famer. I, I mean, he's he's not the, the most talented worker. He's certainly great on the mic, but he's certainly improved oh, yeah. uh, from the, the hoorah days. He, um, um, it, It's funny looking back on him, too, because I know back – back then when he first showed up and all that. And I, I never, I mean, I, I enjoyed him with Morrison and uh, I, I was a yeah. fan when the whole awesome thing started, but I never really saw from there. I, I couldn't see him being this good, you know, and not a, no, not no, a he, on him. It's just, he's enhanced so much. He's, he's improved so much over the years. And he, he really has. He really has. Um, I enjoyed uh, the dirt sheet web series yeah. that they had back in the day. That that was some good stuff, and it, you kind of saw glimpses of what could be. But still, at the time, it was like, you know, well, it's this is in a in a vacuum type thing. So, no, I, I agree. He's he certainly improved uh, considerably. Um, a, a big rumor from this week that appears to be coming to uh, to light is uh, 
we might be getting Charlotte and Trish at SummerSlam. Possibly, possibly. Uh, because apparently Trish is going to be on SmackDown this huh. week. Uh, I think they're bringing back the King's Court. Uh, Jerry Lawler is just I, – I, I'm not complaining, but I will say that let, – let's, let's chill out on all the talk show segments. <laughs> let's, everybody's got a talk show, and I get it. You, you have a bunch of talk, good talkers, but let's – Let's rein it True. in a little bit. That's that's a lost trick. <laughs> um, so what else uh, stood out from from SmackDown? Um, well, you mentioned Charlotte. Uh, her and Ember had a match that I, I was kind of looking forward to. Maybe you know being a, a Charlotte putting Ember over, getting her ready for Bailey type moment. Uh, it didn't play <laughs> out quite that well, but the ending kind of interested me. Where um, uh, Bailey come out to the ring, distracted Charlotte. Ember got a quick roll up in that. And got the win, um, but the but the real story behind it was was it uh, Ember threw Bailey into the ring to Charlotte, and then ended up coming in and nailing them both with the Eclipse. It was kind of interesting mm-hmm. to me. Which is the the Eclipse might be up there with my top two or three favorite finishers right now. Current finishers, uh, black the Black Mass, Alistair's kick. That might be my favorite finisher right now, um, but I but I digress. Uh, no, it it is a the the eclipse is just yeah, awesome. It's one of those. It, it, it looks great on TV, and you know, no, nah, and and the storyline, like I said, um, it, it kind of set set it off. You know, like Ember's, you know, she's not siding with Bailey. She's not turning heel. She's kind of a. I don't. I wouldn't say tweener. You know, she's probably still going to be a face in this. It just. It was interesting seeing that she hit both of them with it instead of just one sided. You know. Yeah, and, and I honestly thought they would be setting up a triple threat, but then after what Charlotte said, and then the rumors, and now we got Trish coming to SmackDown this week. So I'm like, okay, that's unexpected, but cool. So, um, anything else and. Uh, before we uh, shift into the classic stuff, um, a nice little match between Nakamura and Apollo. I thought that was pretty cool. It was. It was. Apollo's one of those that he's just uh, he, he's waiting for his moment. You know, he's a re- very yeah. talented guy. I just don't think he's hit his his niche. You know, he's not hit. Maybe his character's missing something or something. But he's 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 in line. He's getting there, and, and I'm interested in seeing him step up. For sure. Uh, still kind of unsure about what uh, where they're going with Nakamura and the Intercontinental Title, but I, I think they'll they'll find uh, find their stride there. So, uh, so I guess I guess we'll dive into the the classic content, uh, and and unfortunately, due to SmackDown and Raw, and then I actually had a business dinner on Wednesday and the work week, all these other commitments. I did miss half of the Ironman match and uh, Eddie and RVD, but I did get a chance to watch everything else. So we'll kind of run through them, break them down, maybe say what our favorites were. And as I said, I do have an observation that we'll get to here in a bit. Uh, but I'll let you kick this off, and uh, we'll kind of just start running down the match. Right. Cool. Um, now, interesting hearing hearing what your observation is. Um, it's nothing earth shattering, but it's just something that stood out. But right. go ahead. Uh, well, which uh, which match you would think you want to start off with? We can go with uh, we'll go with the the fatal four way because uh, I think that was the first one that I watched. Um, with uh, Edge, Angle, Benoit, and Eddie from SmackDown. Sounds good. Uh, I meant to get some extra notes on this. Uh, I know Edge talks about this one and the Eddie and Edge match in his book, and I was going to review that before we did the podcast, and I, it slipped my mind. I didn't get around to that, but uh, hopefully what I wrote out will work pretty well. Um, I, I think, uh, of course, a lot of the story behind this was to make Edge, I guess, kind of feel the underdog uh, with the attack. Yeah, it yeah, worked. Yeah. 
he got attacked before the match by Albert, uh, helped to the back. It looked as if he wasn't even going to be a part of the match. They went to commercial. Everybody else comes out, and then all of a sudden his music hits, and he comes limping his way to the ring, uh, kind of showing the importance of the match because it was a number one contendership match. The winner got, uh, was it is it Big Show who had the belt at the time? I think, I think yes. that's what they said, yeah. Um, it was a good match, really good match. Uh, it's one of them that I don't think I had seen originally. I think it was a, when I read Edge's book, I went back and watched it for the first time, I believe. Yeah, it was, and uh, Edge played the the sympathetic underdog to a T. Um, I mean, you put those four guys in there, you're you're not going to go wrong. I think, I think we sometimes forget, or at least I did, just how good Edge was because once he became the rated R superstar. I think it, it was after a neck surgery or after something, you know, he kind of had to change his style yeah. a bit. He wasn't as high-flying. I mean, he wasn't ever like a, a Ray Mysterio type, but, you know, the missile drop kick and, and you know, things like that, he, he didn't do quite as often after he kind of really reached the upper echelon with the rated R superstars. So I actually kind of forgot about some of that stuff in this initial singles run where he really started to break through. <clears throat> so, no, it, it was it was a tremendous match. Um, I forgot who won it, so I was kind of – I was they kind of hooked me all over again. So, uh, yeah, really good match. Um, and I really don't have a, a lot else to say outside of uh, – I, if the story was obviously, you know, Edge playing the sympathetic baby face and, and you know, being the underdog, I thought that was told yeah. beautifully. Especially so. him him making it all the way to the end and getting so close yes. to, the, to the victory. And that was great. And uh, while we're talking about Edge, we'll just shift on to uh, Eddie and Edge. And this is one that I did not remember whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, so this one was a real treat and they just tore the house down. And something that stood out in this match was I loved how Cole and Taz. First off, I forgot how good they were yeah. together. Yeah. Um, but I loved how they put over like, they just want to prove who's the better man. You know, this is the end of this rivalry. Really telling that story that, you know, look, th th this is it. It's kind of slapping you in the face with it, but it's also like, wow, you know, these guys, it's not for a title. They're having a hell of a match. You know, it's – this is the the end of the, the rivalry. So I, I kind of like that little – that little thing that they dropped in there. Yeah. So it was subtle to a degree, but I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Just trying to see who the better, better performer is and who the, who's going to get the win in this rivalry. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Uh, so what, uh, what, what's your notes on well, that? You, you'd forgot about this match, but I could not forget this match. This is possibly, possibly, <laughs> I'm not going to say favorite match of all time, but it's, it's up there. Um, and at times, I would say favorite because, like I said, I always go back to this match. It's 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 such a great match. Um, the crowd was on fire in this. They reacted to everything. That they hooked them. They they really did. Uh, that that's actually I do it, remember they, that from Eddie or from uh, Edge's book. There's like a line where uh, late in the match, and I think actually watching it, I saw the point this happened. But uh, there's a spot in there where he talks about at one point Eddie kind of rolls over to him or moves over to him or something and says, we got him now. And, uh, and, and they did. I mean, reacted to everything. Yeah. Uh, the execution from the ladder in the second rope, that was uh, – I wasn't sure what they were going <laughs> for. <laughs> I, I kind of wasn't sure. Uh, 
That and the power bomb from the oh, ladder. First off, they hit that clean. I mean, clean up. Because I know Eddie had done that move a few times, and it's an insane move to do. <laughs> um, but I think that's probably the cleanest I had seen him hit that. So credit to both guys on that. It was just a, a phenomenal phenomenal match that uh i'm glad i went back and watched because I, I didn't remember it but it it certainly stood out and stood the test of time for sure well one thing i like about it was um it's a no disqualification match but you get like a pretty good amount of just wrestling before they even actually bring anything any kind of weapon or hardcore stuff into the match so that was kind of cool uh, but and when they yeah. bring it in they bring it in with an impact the, the ref taking the ladder shot he and boy did he take that ladder shot like that i kind of having not remembered the match i was like oh wow he knocked the crap out of him okay uh, yeah that was uh that was pretty surprising um yeah phenomenal match so i guess we'll shift on why well, i i picked the first couple out uh, what match do you want to talk uh, about well, let's um that's the next one in my notes, so we'll hit uh, Angle and Mysterio from SummerSlam. I'm going to go ahead and say this may have been, going back and watching all these matches, this may have been my favorite one. Maybe that, a coin toss between uh, that and the tag match. Um, because I was thinking Mysterio won this me, match. Me too. I was kind of surprised at the end of it. I, I, dude, the, the leg drop spot. The leg drop spot. It got me. Like, I thought, oh, yeah, that's the finish. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope, it's not. I just, I knew. I knew Mysterio won that match for some <laughs> reason. And I did not remember Angle Is, is winning. this a, maybe an instance of what they uh, call the Mandela effect? Where... It, it could be. Because I remember watching SummerSlam 02 live. I, and I know Mysterio won that match. So, no, uh, this was a fun match. Uh, I did remember this correctly about Mysterio coming from, uh, from the crowd or behind Angle. I thought that was a fun start. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just – this made me want to see, and I think they've done it. I think they've wrestled, but th this made me want to see uh, Cesaro and Ricochet really have a barn burner. Because uh, I, I don't know, kind of watching and just thinking and comparing the current stars. I think those two could put on a match similar to this. Yeah, but uh, no, it, it was really a good fun. Comparison with today's guys, actually. Uh, so what, uh, what was some of your thoughts on this? Well, this match? one, um, I, I was really glad you added this to the list last week because, um, this is one I remember in 2002 when we were heading into SummerSlam and, uh, they, they set this match up. I, I don't remember any of the storyline of setting it up, but I, I do remember thinking going into it, you know, Angle and Ray. And for some reason, to me on paper, it didn't sound good. I don't know what it was. I, I was just like, <laughs> I don't see them meshing too well. And and right. when the pay per view hit, I was blown away. <laughs> I was like, "This oh, was such sure. a fun and exciting yeah. match." It was just as fun and exciting in the uh, rewatch from today as it was watching it the first time then, and and even more so considering me and you both were were wrong on the winner. Um, so, yeah. so that was a surprise <laughs> in it too. Um, but th that pay per view itself was a really good show too. I mean, you had that, and you had a uh, Brock and Rock at the end of it. Uh, the yep. Shawn Michaels return against Triple H. And although I don't remember a lot about the match, uh, RVD and Moonwall were on the show too, and I'm, I'm sure that was probably a pretty good match too. Did did this also have the the ladder match, or was that the previous year's Summer, SummerSlam? Um, um, I don't... TLC 2, or was that the previous I think that may yeah, have been I think the that's previous the year. One before that, 2001. Okay, but either way, this was still a, a tremendous show, and um, maybe, 
maybe in the running for the best SummerSlam, which uh, will segue us to later on when we kind of reveal our next batch of classic content. Um, so uh, what's the next match we got that uh, oh. we want to talk about? Let's see. Uh, well, let's move on to uh, – uh, let's do Angle and Benoit from the Royal Rumble. Just a flat-out clinic. Okay. I mean, both these guys, both these guys are so smooth, so just unbelievable, um, so clean, so smooth. And, and I'm going to go ahead and say it because I'm, I'm dying to say it. My observation was – I think from 2002 to 2003, I, I don't know when you want to pinpoint it exactly, but I think that was peak Kurt Angle. Um, yeah. I mean, just, I know he still had some phenomenal matches, uh, obviously with Sean Taker and even some phenomenal stuff in TNA. But I really think from about 2002 2003 about a year and a half or so there i think he was just the best in the world to to steal shane mcmahon's mantle i mean he was uh just watching this stuff because we unintentionally picked a lot of <laughs> I, thought, I thought that too i was like he's in just about every one of these matches <laughs> yeah but just watching him i'm like wow and it really my ultimate dream match, I honestly think, would be him and Brett. That would be fun. Um, I, I think if I had to see one dream match, just uh, give me, like, this era Kurt Angle against 97 Brett. Uh, I think maybe, maybe a little bit younger Brett, maybe like 94, 95. But give me, like, face Kurt Angle, American Kurt Angle versus 97 Brett and, and the Canadian dynamic. Ooh. I think that would just – oh, Ooh, my gosh. I'm, just the, the the wrestling itself would be great, but but being that you've got the story behind it, too. Of, exactly. That, that's why I say 90, 97 Brett. Um, wow. Yeah. That, I didn't even think about the story when you started – you know, I was just thinking about the match itself. But. Yeah, I mean, regardless of what era, yeah, the yeah. match itself. But I think if you had that era, that era, Brett, I mean, the story would be just – and you could even work it in, you know. If they're going to start doing these uh, things like they did with uh, Taker and Steen, where they kind of mesh things together and talk about how good, you know, what if Taker – went to WCW. I mean, what if we got Brett and Angle and they could even do the uh, the promo that Brett cut on Pittsburgh, you know, giving America an enema and putting it right in Pittsburgh, you know, and that's Kurt's hometown. I, I'm fantasy booking and, and just, okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, you, you've got my brain going now. I'd, I'd love to see this. Yeah, uh, but no, Benoit ben Angle, uh, just phenomenal. Um, probably the closest you'll get to him and Brett, too. I mean, Benoit, great. Yeah, ben, Benoit, to me, was a little bit um, – he, he was Brett, except a little bit more athletic – or, or done more athletic things, but uh, really, really close there. Now I'm going to go back and watch because as I was thinking about Angle, as I was, th- and then Brett, and then I, I want to go back and watch that match that Brett and uh, Benoit had. I think it was '99 on one of the Nitros. It was like the Owen tribute yeah, match. Yeah. So, but any anyhow, what what was your thoughts on uh? Angle and Benoit. Uh, great match. Um, one thing I noticed right off the bat that I really liked, and uh, I guess it's kind of it's half storyline, half not, but uh, it, that they sent Team Angle to the back at the start of the match, 
and just made yep. it about the two two great technical wrestlers that were in the ring, you know? I mm-hmm. mean, they could have left them out there and had some uh, underhanded tactics or whatever, but, and, you know, that that would have been the norm with uh, Angle having his, his backup guys, but they took them out of the match completely and made it just about the technical wrestling in the ring, and uh, they didn't even come back out at the end, you know? It was just all Kurt and Chris Benoit and, and again, great storytelling in the ring, great match. These two always worked well together. They've like that was like their first WrestleMania was against each other, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, like WrestleMania two thousand, like them I and think Jericho. So. I think so. And then then again yeah. the next year at uh, WrestleMania seventeen they did the um uh, ultimate submission I think. So I yes. mean they've worked well together since they both got there, and uh, this was no exception. Agreed, agreed. I, and I think this may have been their their best match, and that's that's saying something. Um, but yeah, just uh, just flat out phenomenal uh, from bell to bell. So um, one observation, kinda like mm-hmm. like you just said is uh, that's probably their best match they've had together. And I used to hear, I know it's not that way anymore, but I used to hear that around WrestleMania time, like they would already kind of have an idea of where they wanted to go for next year's Mania. I, I don't know if that's the case, but I've always heard that. I see, I see where you're going with this. And I kind of mm-hmm. wonder if this match being so good and everything was what triggered them into building up to Benoit getting his WrestleMania moment the next year. You know, and especially after the match and the standing ovation with Benoit soaking yep. it in, that thought crossed my mind like – basically what you just said i wonder if this was the turning point but like you know that they uh thought hey there could be some money here i, I, I bet so, it played into it it had to yeah for sure uh so what's what's next on the on the match we got let's see uh well we've got the so you didn't you didn't catch the rbd and 80 one right I didn't, and I only, and I'm halfway through the Iron Man match, okay. so we can save that for next week and uh, touch on the tag match. Okay, uh, and that was uh, a suggestion from my from our buddy yep. Will. Um, yeah, we didn't we didn't mention that on the podcast last week, so uh, we didn't. So the the tag match we're referring to. It's from No Mercy 2002, uh, the SmackDown Tag Team Tournament Finals to crown the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. That's a tongue twister. Ray, it <laughs> is. Uh, Ray Mysterio and Edge against uh, Benoit and Angle. And yowie, <laughs> wowie. I did, did not remember this match either. Didn't remember who won. For some reason, I was thinking it was... Mysterio and Edge. I just wanted Mysterio to win a darn match. <laughs> I think that was my whole thing going into this. I was thinking it was Mysterio and Edge. See, I couldn't remember the winner but, of this one either. Um, I think maybe did Edge and Ray beat them at Survivor Series? That may have been it. That that may have been it because I know they yeah. won them. I know that. Um, but. <sighs> I'm thinking that a lot of NXT guys probably have watched this match because this really felt like uh, an NXT tag team match. Like, just, you never know who's going to win. You, uh, false finishes, barely breaking up a count, excitement. Uh, The entire time, it was tremendous suggestion from Will. Kudos to you, buddy. Uh, that was top-notch stuff. I, I'd have to really sit down and think on if this is the best tag team match that uh, WWE has ever had. It's yeah. up there. It is certainly up there. I will agree with that. Yeah. Major. Um, but, uh, what, Go on. Oh, well, I was just going to ask, what, what was your thoughts on the, I, on the match? I was just going to say, uh, definitely kudos to Will. I don't think I've ever seen this match, so, you know. Big thank you to him for bringing that, this one to my attention. Um, there were two mm-hmm. spots in it that I really liked. Uh, 
oh, well, there's a lot of spots I liked, but two that I wrote down truly caught my eye. Uh, I loved the uh, point where, um, like, Ray, I think it was Angles on the top rope, and Edge kind of tossed Ray up for the uh, top rope here on Conrana. I thought that yes. was kind of cool. Yes. And the other spot that really, uh, when uh, he did the 619 to break the cross face, so that uh, it flew through yes, the rope. That was great. That was that was wild. Yes, it was. Oh my goodness. Um, no, th- this was this was tremendous. Um, and a couple other quick observations that while I was watching this era of uh, of SmackDown, not really complaining or burying anything, but. I really think this is when they done the brand split right. Um, and I, I wish they would, if they're going to do it, I wish they would kind of go back to that. I, I, I get the ratings thing nowadays, but I wish they'd give some of these guys a chance because that's really what they did in this era, you know, and obviously with Heyman and, and you know, building the core and then having your top guys, and having this core group of six guys, I, I think that could be done today if they gave some guys a chance. Um, so, so no, I <laughs> I forgot also during some of this era because uh, the the two episodes of SmackDown, I, I just watched those. Um, <laughs> I forgot about the whole Tory Wilson and Don Marie thing. Uh, that was that was just kind of. Creamsworthy. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. Anyhow, that, that's all we'll say about that. But <laughs> as I, that was in a couple of these episodes and some of these shows. Was, uh, anyhow, I, I, I watched just the matches from the shows, but uh, as I was skipping through trying to get to the start of the matches and everything, I saw like where they would advertise, you know, later in the show, we've got so and so versus so and so. And I can't yeah. remember who all the matches were, but. And, uh, of course, the pay-per-views, you know, it's pretty much all matches. And as I'm skipping through, I'm like, ooh, I got to go back and watch that. Ooh, I got to go back and watch that. You know, there's yeah, so many yeah. things that I'm like, ah, that might be worth checking out. So. Has, uh, has your WWE network been updated? I I, I know the uh, app on my phone has because I got a yeah. uh, email saying to re-download it or re-update it or something. I, I'm, I'm digging it. It, I'm it not, is a little bit more user-friendly. I'm not certain about the PS4 yet. I've not been on there since the update's supposed to have dropped. So, but like, I'm, basically, well, if if it's updated on your phone, I mean, you probably have messed around with it. But I, I like how you can go to a specific match from a show or a pay per view now. That's super handy. True. Um, true. I've heard a so, few people complaining that they've lost their watch list. So I don't know if that's something that's. Uh, gone or if we just haven't found them yet uh, yeah like the watch list is gone and i think somebody i heard somebody report that they can't find the hidden gem section huh so i'm, I'm sure it's on there but they've just kind of reorganized some stuff so so far i'm digging it that things are to me <clears throat> things are easier to get to so yeah. uh so aside from uh eddie and rvd and the Ironman match, and, and and as I said, we'll uh, we'll kind of maybe touch on those next week. What what was your well, aside from the no DQ match? Because I know the obvious <laughs> answer. What was your favorite match at all these? And, and really, uh, it's a two part question. What was your favorite match? And what stood out to you? from this little era that, that Heyman created. So. Uh, um, okay. Favorite match of the bunch. Or right, second favorite match of the bunch. <laughs> I just pointed out. Uh, um, hmm. I'm going to go. This is kind of tough because I love both of these matches. But I think I'm going to go with Angle and Mysterio. It was so fun and exciting to watch. Um, my my other the one that was kind of fighting it out for that was Angle and Benoit, because um, I don't know I love that one as well. But I think Mysterio and Angle was a little faster paced, and uh, 
yeah, more exciting. But uh, I mean, it's hard to pick any of these matches to be a favorite because they're all these guys were so great, great, great storytelling from each of them, and I can see why Heyman picked these as his core guys. Um, yeah, my my favorite match I think was Angle and Mysterio, and a super close second was the tag match. Really, what stood out to me. <laughs> Like we talked about, you know, Heyman wanted to, to emphasize the strengths and hide the weaknesses a little bit. That that was always his philosophy. What stood out to me about this, just watching back on some of this era, was the these stories they had, they weren't overly complex. A lot of it was who's the better man and, and just fighting over titles and really putting emphasis on the titles. And you didn't have a lot of fluff to these stories. They were pretty simple, straight to the point. And I think with these six guys, the, the core group that he had, you could do that and still get uh, still get some phenomenal stuff. True, true. I, I do know one thing. I want to go find a Chavo match <laughs> because I think we left him out of everything. <laughs> Poor Chavo. Poor yeah. Chavo. Uh, um. I think actually watching the SmackDowns, thinking he was uh, he was wrestling Kidman, if I'm not mistaken, Maybe. who I forgot even had a uh, a cruiserweight title run. I think it was for the cruiserweight title. I'd forgotten all about that. I think Kidman is most known for being Mister Tory Wilson for a period of time. So. Um, uh, he deserves a title just for that, so thumbs up to him. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, seriously, I I think it was on there. Um, but I agree. I certainly need to show some love to Chavo. I, I think maybe, as far as I went, I think maybe I didn't really get into Chavo as much until him and Eddie started doing their tag stuff. True. Uh, yeah. It really, really brought out the personality and stuff. Um now, you know, Chavo, was, he was still a good wrestler and all, but he didn't really click with me until the 80s stuff started. Uh, so that's probably why I don't – I didn't have anything from this era. Which, actually, the uh, the tag match, which I think is the latest match – no, 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 no. No, it's not the latest match on our list. The Ironman match is the latest. But, but I think right after that tag match into the Survivor Series match, I think Eddie and Chavo were part of that match. So I think we were almost there to Chavo. So, so we were getting there. <laughs> uh, so, do we have anything else from these matches? Any anything else we need to talk about before uh, we kind of touch on the uh, the next batch of classic content? I I think that's it. I'm not, yeah, I think okay. I'm good. So you kind of asked me or text me before we recorded today, and and I'd already been kind of kicking around. I guess, as the listeners may have noticed, we've kind of been taking turns a little bit, uh, picking out classic content. Um, so, so I guess uh, the volley is back in my court. Um, <laughs> and I've already been kind of kicking it around because we're two weeks out from SummerSlam. So we'll kind of do a little, a little mixture of some stuff uh, regarding – the, the biggest party of the summer. So first off, uh, we'll kind of look back and, and we can, um, we won't really introduce anything here. Uh, we'll kind of, that'll be for our enjoyment through text and then we'll introduce it on the show next week, but we'll look back on our favorite matches. Uh, if, if you've got a couple you can text them to me and vice versa, and we'll review them next week. We'll, just, we'll limit it to um, two or three, something like that. That'll be about four apiece. Um, we'll also, the favorite moments. And finally, uh, what we think is the best SummerSlam. Now, obviously, we don't have to watch an entire show. But... Uh, a lot of meat on that bone. And, um, yeah, so like I said, we're, we're two weeks out from SummerSlam. That card's beginning to take shape. It's always a fun show. Uh, 
And yeah, I think I think that's a, an appropriate batch of classic content for us to to review next week. I like that. I like that. Sounds good to me. So, uh, have we got anything else we need to touch on? Oh, yes, we do. Uh, this day in wrestling history. Uh, yeah, I got a few things on that. Not not a whole lot. Um, apparently, the twenty seventh isn't a huge uh, wrestling day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we got two birthdays. Uh, Triple H, he's celebrating a birthday today. And How Dolph- is he? Uh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't get the age. Um, I would say he's got to be almost. He's yeah. almost fifty. That's what I'm thinking. I think Sean, somebody said Sean was fifty-four. Is that right? Fifty. Yeah. And Hunter's right. about four or five years un- younger than him. So I'm gonna say he's probably forty-nine. Okay. I, I might be wrong. I'm just trying to kind of ballpark, but I'm thinking forty-nine. And uh, let's see. And we also got a uh, Dolph Ziggler. He's got a birthday today. Okay. Okay. So. Sean's best friend, and then the 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 Sean knockoff. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> and the only match I've got down, um, I'm actually I'm going to try and watch this this week. Uh, I knew this was on my list, but I didn't. I forgot to come back and watch it before the before the uh, show today. Uh, is Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit at Vengeance of 2003 for hmm. the uh, U.S. Title Tournament Finals? Okay. So I'm I'm probably going to give that a watch just kind of see. I'm sure I've seen it before, but I don't really remember it. Um, so, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to give that a watch. It, it sounds like a good match. They'll sure. work well together. All right. Well, um, I think that pretty well covers everything for this week. And uh, we shall see what this upcoming week brings. And, um See everyone next week uh, to discuss the weekend wrestling. Sounds good. See you guys later. Keep it positive.